0: Are you wondering
1: how you can learn more about food? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Chakula Podcast, brought to you by the Root to Food Initiative, a show that celebrates authentic Kenyan dishes and serves you hot conversations about food in Kenya from an economic, social, and political lens. Semana si kwenye social media at Root to Food on Instagram, at Root to Food on Twitter, and Root to Food on Facebook. And now, here's your host, Felistas Mwalia. Hello
0: there and welcome to the Chakula podcast. It has been 10 years since the promulgation of the 2010 constitution. One of the most fundamental features of the constitution is devolution. To many Kenyans, this means better service delivery, more involvement of people in governance, the government closer to the people. This is why I want us to have this conversation today on devolution and how it impacts agriculture. Agriculture is one of the functions that have been devolved in the 2010 constitution. It is an important part of the economy as it is responsible for more than 30% GDP and it employs over 60% of the workforce. Besides keeping our rich farming and food history and culture, I'll be speaking to someone who has been covering stories on issues around food for a while. She also got an FAO award for her coverage on food security. Karibu Sana Zainab. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for creating time. How are you? I'm okay. I'm happy to be here. You've been working to bring food security issues to life. What can you say about the status of food and security and agriculture
1: development in the country? That's actually a very controversial question in the industry. You'll get different answers depending on who you speak to. The generally accepted um, statement is that the country is significantly food insecure. Mm -hmm. However, I don't ascribe to that school of thought. Mm -hmm. Having covered agriculture in the time that I have and having traveled across this country, I've come to realize that our our challenge is not necessarily in production. Our challenge is not necessarily in the availability of food. Our challenge is in distribution of that food. Because never will you find a situation whereby the whole country has suffered a drought or the whole country yeah, doesn't yeah. have food. Mm-hmm. You'll always find there's food in North Rift or South Rift when there's no food in, in, in um, the North. Yeah. There's North Rift and South Rift will have surplus. Areas of Turkana has no food. Yeah. So the challenge is not that there's no food. Yeah. <laughs> there is food. The problem is how do you get that food out of Eldoret or out of Bomet and move it to Turkana? I believe what you are trying to say is that the, pro- the problem is in production rather than access. No, not, not production. Uh-huh. The problem is in access. Accessibility, availability. Accessi- accessibility is where the greatest challenge is. Accessibility uh-huh. is how do you move that food from one area to another and how do you as a citizen of that specific area move from your house to uh-huh. where that food is. I think counties have tried. Um, What I've seen many counties do is to literally map out their ecological zones and their specific needs. There's some counties who are looking at agriculture from a perspective of the impact climate change has had in their counties. And so when they plan for agriculture, they plan with climate change in mind. And so you'll find that in their budgets they're including climate adaptation as a function of agriculture. You'll not see that with every county. This is something you'll see mostly with the arid and semi-arid counties. Mm-hmm. They have a clearly plan, a clear plan as part of their... Makweni County was actually the first county to set aside 2% mm-hmm. for climate-proofing its systems so that agriculture can work. Maybe you can explain more on that issue, on that climate-proofing <laughs> system? Yes. Yeah climate change impacts this country greatly. Mm-hmm. We are not key contributors to climate change, but, but our food seen, but our food systems has are, suffered. Yeah. yes and it's and also actually, a major contributor to Climate change. Yes. Mm -hmm. And actually, just this past week, Kenya Met has released a report, the very, very, very first report ever for Kenya Met to do. It's called The State of Climate in Kenya 2019. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that report, its key focus is on 2019, but it also looks at data going back to 1961. And from the data, it shows that Kenya's nights mostly are consistently getting warmer while the rains are shrinking. So if you look at um, areas like Eldoret and Kitale, in those two areas, they currently grow maize, a lot of Mm -hmm. maize. And maize has specific needs of how much water, how much temperature, how much water. But in the Kenya Met data, Mm -hmm. Eldoret and Kitale are receiving increasingly more rain. What that means is that pretty soon we may have to rethink maize in Kitale and Eldoret and probably move it to a place that is is not getting so much precipitation. Because when again, when you put too much precipitation in the maize, it will rot. We've seen last year in Eldoret mm-hmm. when it rained during the lo- the short rain season, it rained excessively. They were not able to get that crop out of the field.
0: Yeah. That mm-hmm. time
1: of the year should not be raining. It should be dry so that they can get the crop out of the field. So this is data that mm-hmm. is crucial for the arid and semi-arid lands mm-hmm. because they know in their climate the temperatures are rising. Actually, Kenya Met has put Lodwar on a watch list for extreme temperature, wow. reporting consistently over thirty-eight yeah. degrees, uh-huh. which puts them in the range of a heat wave. Puts the locals are at risk of heat waves. So those arid counties know they need to produce food for their people. But your climate is too hot to be able to sustain the crop. Maize, we are all obsessed with maize. That is the food the people want to grow. It's too hot for you to grow the maize. What do you do? So they are putting in their budgets. Uh, Makwene, I think they did 2%. All of those counties, they mm-hmm. came up with a climate adaptation plan. Mm-hmm. Each of those, I think there are 12 counties, came up with a climate adaptation plan those climate adaptation committees are made up of someone from each ministry each county ministry uh-huh. so that if it's education sector you say what are the climate needs in you how is how is climate change impacting education okay interesting agriculture how is climate change impacting agriculture transport then you take all these challenges you put them together yeah. and see what are the climate needs of the county yeah, yeah agriculture always comes up on top yeah because people need to eat but so more uh-huh. of that money of that climate adaptation money goes into climate change. So counties, many of these counties, that is where their focus is. How to climate-proof themselves in order to produce. But where they are uh doing better than the national government, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. is in funding. The national government will do an average of 3 point something funding to agriculture. Yeah, three, I think it's 3.5. Yes, but the counties at, will take that money and allocate at least seventy seven percent of their county budget mm-hmm. to agriculture. At least 7%. That's more than 3.2 that the national government has allocated to agriculture. Although it is still lower than the Maputo Declaration, yeah. mm-hmm. it is a good step towards actually fixing problems in the industry. So basically, rate it uh, as high, or is it? A bit, yeah. <laughs> I give it above
0: average. Wow. Mm. Maybe to take you back, mm. I think where the county governments are actually going wrong, instead of setting funds aside for climate adaptation, they should first rethink of the current farming systems they have. Because at the moment, our current food systems are really the
1: contributing factors to the to climate change. You can't separate the two. Yeah, you can't separate because the two. Because the climate information is what will enable you to rethink your farming system.
0: Mm, okay. Mm.
1: So that when you're rethinking your farming system, yeah. you're mm-hmm. doing so in light of your changing climate. So how much
0: priority is given to agriculture and food security considering the trends in allocation to this sector? As you have talked about, the <laughs> 3.5% allocation.
1: I would say that more counties are giving it more weight mm-hmm. than others. I'd like to single out Makweni because it's one of the counties that actually give provide data. some other counties, you may look for data forever and you'll never get data. Can you really? give us an example of some of the counties that really don't? In other counties, actually, for you to get data, you have to go through a development partner. Like this development partner that is doing a project in that county, that development partner has developed, has developed the data. But if you go to the county government mm-hmm. and tell them, I'd like information about the one, two, three things, you may not necessarily get it. So, in my opinion, I think the arid counties are giving more priority to to climate change because they're desperate to get themselves off the list of food aid. Makweni, for instance, Mm -hmm. has a plan. They say that they have a plan to get themselves off that list within three years because parts of Makweni are consistently in need of food aid consistently Mm -hmm. so the county needs them to figure out how do i get these people to to produce their own food so that they don't have to keep coming to me or to someone else begging Mm -hmm. for that food Mm -hmm. nairobi i don't know if you can ever find any data on (laughs) on the status of food security nairobi because nairobi is not you wouldn't really say agriculture
0: yeah although the
1: county keeps saying we have a plan for urban farming I don't think I've seen anything concrete yet. You'll just Mm -hmm. find individuals who are doing to small kitchen gardens on their balconies, someone calling you up and saying, oh, hey, I can hook you up. You want a vegetable garden in your backyard? I can hook you up with that. But the Mm -hmm. county itself, no. (laughs) So I think that varies from county to county.
0: Okay. So aside from this, what is the main challenge that you think needs to be addressed that is
1: within the reach of counties? Something that is within the reach of counties, accessibility of food accessibility of food accessibility means mm-hmm. as a farmer i've got my crop it's on the field my plot is probably a hundred or maybe 50 kilometers from the barabara yalami mm-hmm. how am i going to get that food from my farm to the market so that you can get it that link there is yeah they link it. you'll always find a lot of these farmers struggling with poor states of roads, poor. Last week, Nyandarua County was trending on social media mm-hmm. last week and the week before, I think. It's been raining heavily in Nyandarua and people have been taking pictures of how transport is a nightmare now that it's raining because wow. the roads are in terrible, terrible condition. Now imagine you're a farmer, you have potato in the field. Potato is a highly perishable product. Mm-hmm. You need to get it to the, from the farm to the market in the shortest time possible and you have to get stuck in that t- kind of bad road. Yeah, And then we've also done, in the media, we've done so many stories of people getting stuck for days on, Mm -hmm. on the road. With a perishable product, that's not possible. That's something, that's one of the quick wins counties can quickly do. Fix the access roads for the farmers. It doesn't have to be Barabara Alami. It just needs to be a good quality road that will not have me stuck on the road when I'm moving my product from the farm to the market. So that you then yeah. can come and find it in the market. Because if I am unable to get it to the market, then you can't access it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You as the consumer can't access it. And that means there'll be some kind of shortage. And the ripple effect is the little food that is available, the prices will start to skyrocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always connected. Every time you see prices of food skyrocketing, go back, follow the links. What happened? Was there a missing connection between the farmer and the market? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there a missing... Did the farmer not produce accurately? A lot of times you find the challenge is actually transport. That accessibility is where you find the problem is. And can, that's a quick win that counties can do. Can we also say that the multiple sales
0: is one... is also a challenge to...
1: Yes. And no, because um, for ces, mm-hmm. I think the national government is intervening with matters of ces, the counties uh-huh. will always tell you that they are required, the money they are given by the national government is not enough. So they have to raise their own source revenue. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. their own source revenue is usually raised in the form of taxes.. Mm. And one of those taxes is SES. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes wow. So they say that's something they can't do anything about.
0: Zainab, you've talked about post-harvest loss being one of the major challenges that farmers face. What are the impacts of this to food security? Actually,
1: post-harvest is a very big problem that even the national government mm-hmm. is uh, is struggling with. Uh, how much is lost? It's always estimated at, at around 30% of mm-hmm. all the crop being lost post-harvest. But with um, other crops like mangoes, mm-hmm. the losses are higher, yeah. around 60%. So if you have a tree that will give you about 200 mangoes, mm-hmm. the instances where you'll find at least 120 of them going to waste. And the reasons for post-harvest, uh-huh. Finding the reasons of post-harvest is uh, one step towards fixing the problem. Mm -hmm. For the mango value chain, the reason you had farmers losing 120 mangoes Mm -hmm. out of a whole tree of 200 was um, the pricing. For many of the farmers, uh, again makweni for many of those farmers were selling the mangoes at one three shillings yeah, mm-hmm. three shillings that was because of lack of cold storage you have no choice but ah. to sell it in the farm so as a buyer I will yeah. come to your farm and tell you "Sio unataka kuza uh-huh. shilingi tatu shilingi tatu tawaza. you're desperate Yeah. you need that money so you take it and, and I will I will, I take your mango at, at three shillings I come to Nairobi I sell it at 30 bob what? I sell the same mango at 30 bob that I took from you at three shillings you had no choice but to give it to me for three shillings. Because if you don't, you will lose all those fungos in the field. So mm-hmm. what what we've seen is that for many of these such small-scale farmers, especially in the horticulture value chain and mm-hmm. the, the vegetable value chain, they are being encouraged to come into groups. And some of these groups are being done in collaboration with universities And uh, as universities do more research, Mm -hmm. I know University of Nairobi is doing a lot of research on post-harvest. So through universities and development partners, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are coming into into cooperatives and learning ways in which they can preserve the shelf life of these vegetables and these fruits so that they can have better bargaining power service loss of fruit is also impacted by how you harvest it, mm-hmm. and also how you store it in the house. For instance, a fruit that is ripe uh-huh. should not be kept with fruits that are not ripe. There are also some kinds of, uh, you see, the, the purple fleshed, purple fleshed passion fruits. Yeah, fruits when they are ripe, they produce this gas called ethylene. Mm-hmm. Ethylene hastens the ripening, the ripening of fruits. Mm-hmm. So if you take a fruit that naturally has ethylene like the purple flushed like the passion, fish, passion fruit, yeah, and then you put it in a basket with fruits that are not ripe. ripe. Uh-huh. Those unripe fruits will ripen faster than you intended. Wow! So some of the I've, I've actually been able to attend some of those <laughs> classes with those university students when they're teaching farmers how yeah. to 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 shorten. And I've actually I, I ended up learning a lot of things. Um, so what they've, the farmers were being taught is when you get the mango from the tree, separate them based on what stage of ripening are they at, mm. and then you wash them mm-hmm. and before you store them in the cold storage. B- don't put them all together in one basket. Okay. Uh, and for vegetables also they're being taught how to lengthen the shelf life of this ve- if you don't have a fridge that is, by using something, uh, there's this method they call blanching. Blanching is when you kind of boil but not boil. If uh-huh. it's for example skumawiki, you've cut it up nicely, you have a pot of boiling uh-uh. water, you just dip the skuma in the boiling water and you put it in cold water and you dry it oh it doesn't cook it cooks but doesn't cook so after you dry it Uh still remains green i think the water the hot water i think has some salt in it also to Uh maintain the green color so once you dry it it dries so well and you can keep it for up to two years wow two years yes you can keep it for up to two years those are the kind of technologies (laughs) that small-scale farmers have been taught so as to reduce their (laughs) post-harvest yeah losses
0: You've talked about data at the county level. What's the state of integration of
1: data into famine? You know, actually, data, whether we like it or not, controls our life. Mm-hmm. It, it, traditionally, when, when our um, forefathers, long before technology came in, mm-hmm. they actually did use data, but they used it by looking at the sky, looking at how the clouds are moving, yeah. how the stars are and they use that information to know whether it's time to plant or when will the rains come or if there's going to be a drought. Mm-hmm. They used that kind of data. Right now, technology is able to do that for us. We put satellites in the sky. The satellites tell us, oh, by the way, in this period, there's going to be... Without having to look up ourselves. Yeah. The the satellite has looked up for you. It has processed that data. It has given it to you. Mm-hmm. So since most of our farmers are very small scale, the kind of data they're using is very basic on the mobile phones. Mm-hmm. The Kabambe phones. not. Yeah smartphones Uh they use very basic data on on Kabambe phones our young people are actually very tech savvy so they are constantly coming up with um, apps and uh, apps that can be used on on, uh, whatever kind of phone that will able to give you whatever information you need Mm -hmm. Calro has also done the same there's also another group of scientists at jquat that is developing a climate atlas for Kenya and that wow. climate atlas is also my goodness the grim future we are facing so the climate atlas based on with Jekwat <laughs> combined with the Kenya Met Atlas is telling is telling the scientists that in the next few years you need to move maize out of Eldoret and Kitale and move it to northern Kenya. In the next few years, dairy farming in in in, uh, in uh, Kiambu, it's uh-huh. going to be too warm to keep those Frisian animals. The Frisians are the black and white ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. In the next few, the temperatures in Kiambu are already too hot for Frisians. Mm-hmm. If you're reporting, Frisians need temperatures of 23 degrees and below. Kiambu is reporting above 23 degrees. Wow. Above 23 degrees Celsius. That's becoming too warm for Frisian animals. I think I'll still emphasize on my point, we need to rethink our farming
0: systems. (laughs) What are the key cultural issues you can highlight around farming?
1: That's interesting. (laughs) At the county level. uh Thing is not just even at the county level in the in most of sub-saharan africa the actual farmers are women yeah the people who are actually working the ground mm-hmm. are women but because some cultures do not really give these women the voice to speak if me as a journalist for instance i wanted to go and interview this female farmer who is working this specific land kwanza <laughs> kwanza <laughs> so you end up getting a very low quality interview because this woman is not allowed to speak
0: to me. Wow, in closing Zainab, as a journalist, how do you see the media coverage of agricultural issues?
1: I think we are doing well. Um, a couple of years back mm-hmm. you wouldn't you'd barely find any information on mid on, on agriculture in the newspapers or on the TV or even in the radio. But as the years go by, we actually have an association. Mm-hmm. of uh, science journalists and in our association of science journalists we have agriculture journalists we have environmental journalists as long as you cover science yeah. in the mm-hmm. industry you will find us all in this there are two associations there's KenSja and then Kensger but mostly Kensja is for environmental journalists mm-hmm. only yeah. and then there's uh, Mesha, which is the one I belong to KenSja is Kenya Environmental Journalist Association KenSja mm-hmm. and then there's Mesha, which is Media for Environment Science, Health and Agriculture yeah. mm-hmm. so I belong to Mesha myself yeah. mm-hmm so you'll find us all there and because we are in associations we are able to judge each other's work We are able to grow our skills because now we have established credible we've established ourselves as credible people to talk to as opposed to if you went and just picked a random journalist or yeah. a scientist and tell mm-hmm. this journalist yo i'm a scientist i have this research can you do it that random journalist you picked doesn't know how to read that data so mm-hmm. over the years now you can find food friday on ntv so i
0: thank you so much Zainab for your insights and thank you for tuning in hope you tune in again next friday for more exciting conversations follow us on soundcloud like and share and leave us a comment subscribe on apple podcast rate and review if you have any questions write to us on info at bye